You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. It's our psalm today. I was called to the hospital a while back to anoint a young man and told ahead of time that there was a good chance that he wouldn't want to be anointed. He'd been away from the church for some time and hadn't expressed any desire for it. So when I was, I was driving there and kind of asking the Lord, like, give me the words, Lord, I don't really know how to handle this sort of situation. You know, you want to be bold, but you don't want to push someone away at the end of their life. So I got there and stopped at the nurse's station because I didn't know exactly where he was. And she went ahead in to ask him how he felt and came back and said, no, Father, he doesn't even want to see you. He doesn't want to be anointed. Uh, But thank you anyways for coming and sent me on my way. As I was driving home, I just kind of handed that over to the Lord, like, you know, do with this what you will. You know, I couldn't just go bursting in on the guy. It's actually illegal. So I... I just left it to the Lord. And then I found out a few days later that uh, he'd been life-flighted to a different hospital. And the first thing he'd done when he got there was to ask for a priest to anoint him. And it was incredible because it, was, it wasn't me. He didn't even see my face. Somebody asked me, then I asked somebody else, and then they asked him if he wanted an anointing. But it was the Lord just asking him, may I enter? And even, even the rejection of the initial offer moved his heart just to wonder, you know, maybe, maybe this is what I desire. And that small opening allowed for that divine invasion. That's why the psalmist says, let the Lord enter. Not the Lord is entering. If God wants to enter, he enters. But he isn't a tyrant. He doesn't rule this world as a tyrant. He doesn't force himself upon us. He rules it as a father who wants to win his child's love with his faithfulness. But he's also not going to let us just wallow in our despair. He's not going to break in upon us, but he is going to find a way in, like any good father. Now, I've always loved the story of the Israelites losing the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines. Not because that was a good thing, it was a terrible thing. But they had a couple of corrupt priests in Israel at the time, the sons of Eli. And they, in a desperate battle against the Philistines that they knew they were going to lose, they, they kind of marched the Ark of the Covenant out in the midst of the battle, just hoping that the Lord would show up and not allow the Ark to be taken. And instead the Israelites got routed, and those two priests got killed, and the Ark was taken by the Philistines, And as the Philistines were marching the ark back to their land, everyone around it started to break out in boils and tumors, and there was plagues in every town that they took the ark to, and they took it into one of their temples, and the statue of the god just fell over and prostrate itself before the the ark. And then they put the statue back up, and it fell over again and shattered. And then they just got extremely frustrated by that point and put it on a cart, 
pulled by two cows, and the cows just marched straight back to Israel. Which is fascinating because the Lord, he does entrust us with incredible responsibilities. The Ark of the Covenant was his presence on earth. He entrusts us with this world, with his creation. He entrusts us with the Holy Eucharist to be responsible and care for it. It's his own body and blood. But when we won't do the job, he's just going to do it himself. And we can trust that. We come to our first reading with Ahaz, who's a young king, and he's fairly incompetent and terrified right now because the northern half of the kingdom has allied itself with Damascus, and they're planning to invade Jerusalem. And so he's terrified, and he's trying to make allies with all the wrong people. And in the midst of all of this, Isaiah comes up to him and says, Ahaz, the Lord wants you to ask for a sign. Ask him for a sign that he's with you. You know, deep as the netherworld, high as heaven. Ask for anything. He just wants to show you that he's with you. And Ahaz says, no, I won't tempt, I won't tempt the Lord. And Isaiah says, he's telling you to do it. Just ask him for a sign. No, I won't tempt the Lord. And so the Lord responds, well, if you're not going to ask for a sign, I'm going to give you a sign anyways. You know, the virgin will be with child and bear a son. He will be Emmanuel. God is with us. That brings us all the way forward to Joseph, also in the line of David, just as Ahaz was. And this reading can be deceiving. Sometimes we can not see the full gravity of it because of the language that the scriptures use. It's not a Russian writing this story, so we're not going to get every intimate detail of everyone's personal feelings and their psychology at the moment. It's rather terse language. But it's, Joseph's life has just been upended. You know, he's betrothed, which in Israel is basically being married, but they hadn't moved into the same home yet, and suddenly Mary's pregnant. So as soon as this becomes public, it's a public scandal. Everybody knows, or thinks they know, what just happened. And as Joseph goes to bed, he's just trying to find a way to keep Mary alive, because the law says that she needs to be stoned. So he falls asleep wondering how he's going to keep this woman that he loves alive. And then the angel appears to him with a sign. And God assures Joseph that Mary is with child through the Holy Spirit. Not only has she not committed some infidelity, but she's been faithful where no human being has ever been faithful. She was faithful where Eve wasn't faithful. And so Joseph, in his own way, responds in a way that heals the line of David, heals the, in, you know, the unfaithfulness of Ahaz. And he takes Mary into his home and takes on that great role of the protector of the Holy Family. And what a role that is, you know, to care for and protect the great crown jewel of the human race, Mary, who is the Queen of Heaven, the Seat of Wisdom, the new Ark of the Covenant, and the Mother of God. And then to foster and raise and care for Jesus himself, God incarnate. My love for Joseph comes not only from that role, but his his willingness to do that role without anyone knowing, to live in obscurity, to not say a single word in the whole scriptures. We don't get a word from Joseph. All we get is his action. 
He was gladly forgotten. You know, when you walk, there's a church in the Holy Land called the, the Church of the Dormition of Mary. It's where, it's where she died and was raised into heaven, assumed into heaven, you know, body and all. And when you enter, you, you immediately start to go down this long staircase. And about halfway down the staircase, off to your left, there's a small altar. And atop that altar is an old, worn painting. And you can't even really see what the painting is at first from a distance because it's all sooted up with the thousand years of candle smoke and, and it's peeling and it's not really cared for. And then you walk up to the altar. Well, you might walk up to the altar. If you do, you realize that it's a painting of Joseph laying on a bed with Mary on his right and Jesus on his left. And that altar is where Joseph is buried. It's where his body is. And no one knows. And no one cares. It's, there's not a candle lit. And when I went there, there was no one paying attention to it. It was neglected and forgotten. And Joseph loves that. He loves that he was able to be faithful to his mission and then to be forgotten while the whole world praised his, his wife and his son. While choirs of angels give Mary and Jesus praise, he is totally forgotten. But that's exactly how he wants it. So may we faithfully and quietly and courageously let the Lord enter us. Let that divine invasion come upon your heart. Open it just a little bit to trust what the Lord has for you. Whatever that mission is. And then gladly hand everything over to the Lord and willingly be forgotten. That's the great humility of the Christian mission. And usually it happens that when we're willingly forgotten, then that's when people might remember. The Lord might just raise us up as a great witness for the world to behold, as Joseph is today. So may we look to Joseph as the great model of faith, of silent courage, and faithfulness to what the Lord calls him to. And may our hearts be moved by that witness to live that same life and accomplish the mission the Lord has.